0: Hi, welcome to our podcast for The Power of One, chapters 11 through 15. I'm Wyatt.
1: I'm Allie. I'm Megan. I'm Grace. Abby.
0: And so today we are going to start off with my first question as discussion leader. How do you think PK has changed through the story so far?
2: I think he's gotten more confident in himself, like with all the fights and all this direction from older individuals, I think that he's gotten to see his worth throughout the story, and like, learned what he's capable of.
1: Uh, I feel like, ooh, sorry, (laughs) I feel like he's slowly becoming more like Hoppy, just as like, we watched that fight, it was kind of the same thing as Hoppy's fight was in the past that we read.
3: I agree with what Ali said about him like becoming more confident because there was some part in the book like after he won the first his first like boxing tournament he said that he never realized like how good he actually was until he like went through and won it all and so I get, think that he's kind of getting like affirmation that he can actually be successful in this because he didn't really see
4: his own like success before and I think he's also like learning how to like make friends as he goes along in life because he knows that he's like being like going visiting the prison like visiting all these different places like he's not having his like family right there with him along the way so he's like having to do stuff on his own but like i think he's like
1: growing as a person because of that yeah he's growing more confident
0: yeah Okay, so should we go on to my second question?
1: Wait, hold on, I have an
3: addiction detective quote for that. Okay,
0: go Abby. Okay, let me
3: go to the page, because I didn't write them all down. Okay, so it was on page 209, and it was when he was first allowed to like go into the boxing ring, like at practice, like his very first time fighting, you know? And Lieutenant Smith told him, you're fast, PK, that's good. And that was the very first time that Lieutenant had said something to him and like praised him in all of the six months that he had been training. And so that was like, the f- that gave him extreme confidence. And after that, Piquet was like, hey, he said that I'm good and I'm fast, like that's a big deal.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. okay. Um, so on to my second question um, with the fight, his first fight with snot (laughs) nose snot nose Bronkhorst is a big strong fighter while pk is a skilled and focused fighter would you consider the fight fair or unfair being in whose favor and why
1: I would say it was pretty fair because like I mean we talked about this like a few podcasts ago about the big versus small but I think overall it was fair you just have to like play confidently and respectful of each other even though the bigger guy was kind of more of, like, a... Street teacher, fighter. Yeah, street fighter. But, like, you gotta be... Play your... <laughs> you have to, like, fight smart. That's what... Led before
2: hard. Was yeah. not, no, he was older?
1: He was,
3: uh, he was older. He was, like, 11 or yeah, something. Yeah, he was, like, two okay. years older. Yeah, two years older. Because, um, PK used his... The quote that, um... Poppy told him about like, using a head before your heart, yeah. and that's how he succeeded is yeah. by like strategically planning it out. Yeah. And so I think it was fair because like PK actually had technical training and like felt confident in himself. And Snodgrass was just like
4: street fighting basically. Yeah, yeah. I think it was fair because like he had experience in fighting like older competitors and like big people bigger than him. He'd always been the youngest one. Yeah. yeah. So like he was used to it. So like it wasn't like it wasn't like something new to him. Like he had been doing this his whole life.
2: I agree that it was fair like just his exposure to being around like all those older fighters and I don't know older individuals and just that high level of boxing at such a young age I think that allowed him to be prepared.
0: Yeah, and that's what I thought too coming up with this question. I thought that they like if you're looking at the pros and cons of the fighters like they both have a pro that kind of makes them even but ultimately PK1 because he knew what his opponent was gonna do next. And, and
3: also I think that it was like maybe Keel Pete or one of one of the older people told PK that, um wait, hold on one second. I forgot. <laughs> oh yeah, they told him <laughs> they told him that he has to like act innocent and like act like he doesn't know what he's doing for like the weeks leading up to it and act scared so yeah. that they underestimate him because like underestimating your opponent is the main reason that people lose. Yeah. And so he was like preparing for it and had his coaches like on his side, and he had strategy in place. it wasn't just an on a win decision
1: I just wish like the adults were kind of like more confident in him once they saw like the opponent they cut, like became like
0: afraid for him, they oh were... yeah, how he was saying like if it looks like he's gonna beat him up like right away call yeah. a two k o but then at
2: the end, like the last match, and then they like finally believed him like you got this, like yeah. Yeah. you're yeah. totally like, in this, flip the yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Kids, like,
0: prove himself. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to my third question. PK says, while Grandpa Chook was a less important mentor now, he remains sort of a checkpoint in my life. How do you think the mentors will affect his life from here on out? Will they just be considered another checkpoint on his journey? I know this is kind of a tough question. Like, it's a, you have to process it.
1: I feel like... Most of his mentors have slowly just been, like, passing away, so everyone's going to be a checkpoint, but he learns a different thing from them, so they're always going to be, like, part of his memory. I feel
3: like the mentors and the people now have a bigger impact than Grandpa Chook did. I mean, he was just a chicken. He never really, like, <laughs> gave him any words of wisdom that really stuck with him. It was more of just, like, a friend and a feeling of, like, having someone there, but all of his mentors now, like, Doc and and Lieutenant Smith and like all those people, they're actually like guiding him and helping him succeed and maybe like giving him a career in boxing and actually like changing the course of his life. So I feel like it's more than a checkpoint, like it's a long lasting effect.
2: I agree. I think that they're all checkpoints in a way because they're there for a certain amount of time and then eventually, eventually as, with all, like, as with all mentors that you'll have in your life, they'll pass eventually, but I think that the lessons that they teach you will be with you forever.
4: Yeah, I think it's a, it, I think I think it's just a checkpoint because like he's just taking like little bits of stuff he like remembers like that's most important from each of his mentors and then he's kind of just like moving on and going to the next stage in his life. But like obviously they're like super important in his life and like without them he wouldn't be like the boy he's like growing up to be.
3: I also think that we might not know yet because like we might Like through the end of the book, he might stay closer with some of them and like drift apart from other ones or like keep in contact with some and not the others. So some of them might be checkpoints and some he might
2: stay with. And another part of things is that all of these mentors have been like significantly older than him. Like there's none, none of them have been really close to the age. None of them has been peers that probably pass
0: before he gets old enough. Does anybody else have anything that they wanted to relate? Well,
1: I kind of have like a statement that's separate from this. Do you guys believe that this book's, like, really big into, like, racism and, like, the social hierarchy?
0: I think it's hidden. Like, I think it's something that you don't notice right away, but when you really...
2: I I mean, obviously they talk about
0: it, but there's, like... I think there can be, like, hidden meanings behind it. Just, like, how... I mean, the fights, obviously, and all are... I think they kind of relate back to, like, South Africa and, like, the racism that's going on there Mm -hmm. during the beginning of the story and how... PK's fighting for himself and that can go along with his race too.
2: I I agree. Sorry, Grace. <laughs> that it's kind of like hidden in a way. Because this whole book it has that theme of innocence and how PK is so young and I feel like that innocence piece kinda hides it. There was a quote
3: on page two sixty five and it was when um he PK like saw a photograph. And then he said, the photograph captured the exact moment when I understood with conviction that racism is a primary force of evil designed to destroy good men. And so in the chapters that we read today with Gil P and like becoming a big part of his life and all those other people in the prison that were different races, he like actually understood like people being treated differently because of their skin color because he had never really been like, exposed to it in that way, because he was always like the victim of racism for like being a different like nationality, but not really like the color of his skin. So he got a taste into like how badly people are treated for no reason, like just because they look different. Mm-hmm. And I really have
1: just another that. quote as Dictionary Detective. I had, while no more than a quarter of the prisoners were Zulus, they held the highest status in the prison. I kind of think this, like, even in the prison, which is, like, far from the outside world, like, it's completely different from being, like, free and stuff. There's still a social hierarchy because, like, everybody's in different groups. You can even see, like, the the guards favor certain people in there and, like, really disrespect, like, the Kafirs. And even Gil Pitt, or I don't know how to say the name very well, like, they treat him so differently than the other people. And um
3: when uh, another like quote jumping forward a little bit is when pk is like conducting the song or whatever that they're gonna sing of like all the tribes Mm -hmm. that they have like all the tribes had basically separated themselves in the prison partly because they just speak different languages but also because like there is a social hierarchy like grace was talking about and it says that (coughs) the tadpole Apple Angel would appear to the people dressed as a great fighter who would lead them in their tribal songs crossing over the barriers of race and tribe Mm -hmm. and so PK kind of had a big moment here where he is like the catalyst in starting to like unite the whole prison system. Break away the barriers. Yeah and like unite all the tribes into one big like song and it said that it was like a beautiful song and everyone was singing along Mm -hmm. and so he like experienced racism and then he kind of conquered
4: it yeah, and I wrote about that as Bridge Builder when Doc wrote the melody of the tribal songs. I, I connected that to the world and I said, like, our world is so diverse and we must, we have to put our differences aside so we can coexist and, like, thrive together. And our differences need to, like, bring us together and not push us further apart. And, like, we need to, like, understand each other and what each other are going through so then we can grow together.
0: Okay, so moving on to P.K.'s fight with Kroon. Um,
2: Was that the second guy or the last one?
0: He was the guy that he faced in the championship. Oh, the big boy. Um, When P.K. was fighting against Kroon in the final, he said it reminded him of the judge. How would you feel going through the things P.K. did during the fight, and did his past with the judge affect the way he fought?
2: I think... If he had that view of him as a judge, like, it gave him more motivation, Motivation just beat the crap out of him, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know, yeah. if someone hurt you in the past, and, like, you're faced with them again, you're just like, ugh, <sighs> revenge, right there, I think, yeah.
1: He definitely wanted to fight, like, kind of more of a dirty fight, even though, like, he wanted to play smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like when your coaches tell
4: you to like imagine someone you hate, like, yeah. kick the ball the that ball, hard. You yeah. it that much harder. So, like, I feel like just like the amount of animosity he had towards the judge and his jury, like, just like made him want to fight even harder and yeah. win.
3: But then, also, I have a quote on page <laughs> 228. I'm not sure when Gil Pete said this, it was at some point during the tournament. I think it was like before the final, like somewhere in the middle of the tournament. He said, inside all people, there is love, also the need to take care of the other man who is his brother. Inside everyone is a savage, but there is also happening tenderness and compassion. So at the same time, when they were telling him, like, they were telling him that, like, everyone has good inside of them because he was learning, like, through all the racism, that, like, some people don't have good inside of them, but he was got this lesson that, like, really there is and even in your enemies that you're fighting in the boxing ring, like, you have to be able to see the good inside of them, Mm -hmm. and so I think that when, like, he got in the ring and started thinking of him as the judge, he also had to, like, remember, like, he isn't the judge, and, like, this boy or man or whatever, like, also has good inside of him. Yeah. Because he never, like, hated his opponents. He was always really kind to them and, like, shook their hands and had good manners, and, like, the referee always commented on his good manners, so I don't think he actually, like, had anger towards his opponents he like just wanted to box yeah
4: Yeah. you always need to like show respect to your opponents too and i think like pk like that was his main goal was to like show respect but then like also in the end he wanted to like beat him
2: yeah
0: okay so moving on um when gil piet dies pk is crushed how do you think losing another mentor will affect him
1: i think it's just another part of his journey like everybody experiences loss along the way but It'll make them like, not like a better person, but it'll like help them grow wiser and learn from their experiences because he learned so much from Gil that like he learned how to fight better. He, even though he was kind of like half African-American, half white, he didn't, or P.K. didn't really care about that. He just like overlooked that and decided to have him as another one of his mentors along the way. I think
2: Giel just played a huge role in PK's development, like in boxing, because he learned like all, everything from him. And so now that he's gone, I feel like he's lost that piece of like knowledge in the back of his head of to keep learning. But I don't know.
3: I feel like losing Giel was like a big one. That was, yeah. mm-hmm. that was a big moment for PK because yeah. I th- I was thinking in my mind, like, honestly, Gil was, like, his biggest coach. Like, even though he wasn't, like, the technical, like, head coach of all the boxers, Mm -hmm. I feel like he was the person who gave PK the most advice and, like, the best advice, honestly, that stuck with him the most and helped him to win all of his boxing matches. And so I was expecting Gil to, like, work his way up the rinks and eventually, like... Mm-hmm. Be like the main coach, honestly, well, and so I think like he got cut off short.
0: Yeah, and especially the fact that he found him dead, like in real yeah. blood, like that has to have a lasting effect on oh, someone. Yeah.
3: Just like seeing that, yeah, yeah, you'll remember it forever. And he saw like he was holding a picture of like all of them together. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he was holding the picture, It's though. because it
1: was the last out of all the pictures existing. you remember, like, the guard destroyed all of them. Though, yeah,
3: but they because kept one extra. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know why he was, like, holding, though. Was he expecting to because die, or does he always have it with him?
1: He, 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 al- he probably die. always has it with him. And, like, that was, like, memorable to Gil, because he finally, like, enjoyed Felt something included. in his life. He was, like, included. But then he just was murdered. And then Borman
3: confesses to, like having killed him and i was like "Whoa."
0: yeah
1: well like you kind of could expect that
0: oh yeah obviously he really
1: disliked him
0: so after gil piet dies captain smith says i will avenge you this i promise what does this show about captain smith
1: he definitely wants to get revenge for the murder of gil because i feel like even though he wasn't like super close with gil he like he still saw him as, like, a person and didn't want him to be, like, completely destroyed by the other people. And what, like, Borman or whatever did was completely wrong for, like, his job. That was mm-hmm. just horrible. Lieutenant says, I'm going to, like, avenge you, like,
3: two PK. And so I think the main reason that he, like, wants to get back at Borman is because... Lieutenant sees how important Gil was to PK. Mm-hmm. Like, even if he wasn't the bestest of friends with Gil, he knew that he had a really important effect on PK, and Lieutenant cared about PK, so then, like, in that little chain of relationships, he wanted
2: to do it for PK. I agree. I think Captain Smith saw the value that Gil had and just, like, his knowledge, and... I don't know. He had a really significant importance in PK's
0: life, so he really wants to fight with PK. And I think it put him... pat. Like, it put him past the fact that, like, he's a different race, and that, like, as a lieutenant, like, he's supposed to kind of enforce on the prisoners about their race and stuff, like, being a kaffir and stuff, and I think he put that past him because he saw how valuable a person he was. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. like, in that minute, he just, like, put all of his differences aside, and, like, the whole, like, boxing community, I feel like, in the prison, like, sticks together and, like, wants to be for each other, and, like... They don't care about race. Yeah, they just worry about the boxing community as a whole
0: yeah so the last question that we can finish up on um, how do you think PK will deal with being in a private school and having and not having his mentors along his side do you think he will meet a new mentor as he goes I'm
3: nervous for him because the last time that he was in a private school that just was not the best experience Mm -hmm. well his teacher
2: mrs. God, what's your name it starts with the b, b I, I don't know how bro, bro. Is it? this is Bro-no. Bro-no. yeah i something. feel like she's gonna like be something for him i don't yeah. know what but i feel like she's the next mentor
1: i think this will be a good experience for him because he kind of needs to get away from his mom yeah yeah i just hope he's like challenged enough like
2: and there's he's still so a much smarter so.
4: and like yeah
0: and as like a smart child he should be able to use his knowledge and like experience in different ways and i think he deserves to. Be going to this fancy school where he can grow his knowledge more. Yeah. And
3: about like using his knowledge, I remember there was a part um, when he was in charge of giving a speech, like after they did the whole United song, and he like actually used really intelligent words because he was speaking in one of like the African languages, and like he was only ten years old, and that was like a very deep, like heart touching speech. And so I feel like now he's like using his intelligence more and isn't afraid to like let down his camouflage and show that he actually is really really intelligent.
2: You can talk about my Yeah, picture. so we can
0: inter- interpret Ali's art right now. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful piece.
2: I'd like you to think, say who you think it is, and then what this, like, symbolizes.
1: Oh, I don't know.
0: I
2: think I it's PK,
1: and then he's learning to fight.
0: I think it's Gil Piet holding, like, a one of those Boxing fake gloves. punching gloves that mm-hmm. you can punch at, uh-huh. and mentoring him, and how... It's affecting him to become a champion. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's just like one step along the journey yeah. of becoming great. Like and I remember at <laughs> at the very beginning of like chapter 11,
3: the first chapter that we read, I can't remember who was saying it, but someone was telling him like you always have to do the exercises first. Like you always just have to practice first, do the exercises before you can actually fight. And I think this is like what that's showing like if he had to spend two years just like practicing. And doing his exercises before he was ready to actually like start
2: boxing to become the champion. Yeah. You guys are pretty like said it exactly basically. Um, I kept in mind the fact that he wanted to be a welterweight Water champion. So that's why I have the boxing, champion of the world. Yeah. Boxing belt at the bottom. Like mm-hmm. the arrow resulting in that. But I mostly said that because I feel like Giel help will help him get there the most. Yes, like even though he's I passed. Agree his knowledge that he's embedded into his mind so early on will stay with him for the rest of his life. another
0: thing that like i think gil is such a great person is because i mean he in prison he's experienced all of these um white people calling him a kaffir and um degrading him because of his race but then when a young white boy like um PK comes along, he's willing to put that past him, like, that these white people are being racist against him and see that they are, like, he can help them, and it doesn't matter who they are, he's going to help them fight.
4: He
3: was willing to help the people who hurt him. Yeah. Well, like, not exactly the people, but, like, the race of the people who hurt
4: him. And to go back to Ali's drawing, um, I had, I did the text itself, was when PK beat Crown in the finals. And I did to myself because like I've had obstacles I've had to overcome and like I've also had like mentors to help me along the way so like I thought of myself as PK in that situation
3: I think we're gonna all relate to this book Which is probably one why one of the things that a lot of people like it because it's like very relatable and realistic it's to most real. Real. Yeah,
4: it's um, like most real. people's
3: life in some way Like it's not some fairy tale or anything. It's something that we can all like make realistic. a connection to in our lives
0: mm-hmm. Yeah well, I does anybody Should else to add? Should we talk about more the,
3: the whole like religion piece at, in the last chapter? How like his sure. mom makes him well, because he says to convince home. his mom to let him go on Sundays to the letter business. Well, now they're letting it, them actually send letters, so that's a yeah. big step up.
0: Well, yeah, I was the first in South Africa, the first yeah. person to do
1: that.
3: And so he obviously wants to work there, and so his. Grandpa convinces his mom by saying that he's gonna be like a missionary there.
1: Yeah. He's still like a rebel. Yeah. They put uh,
3: like
2: what scriptures <laughs> yeah. on the back of like the <laughs> letters, <laughs> like send <it> out. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, do you guys think that he's actually gonna like spread the word of Christ
4: or
2: just? not? I do not don't believe he so. anything of it. He's just no, like, yeah. I mean, if this is helping me get the letters,
0: people, let's yeah. do it. He's gotta do what he's yeah.
4: gotta do. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think religion as he goes to this private school will probably have more of an impact on him and so I think that's what will probably end but up. it doesn't
1: say it's a private is it, is it Catholic, not a school? Catholic school who knows it might who just knows? be a private school for those fancy people
0: well, yeah and it, it might also just be like an escape from his faith that his mom is trying to push on him she's
2: kind of a crazy woman
0: yeah okay Well, Well, I think that wraps everything up. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, (laughs) and we will see you... Shout out to whatever
3: kid is watching this time. In the car, (laughs) yeah.
0: And we will see you for our fourth podcast next. Thank you for listening. Bye.
3: Bye! Hello, welcome back to our podcast for episode four. This is over chapter 16 through 21. We added chapter 21, so that's in this podcast now. And so, yeah. Let's get started. So first thing that i want to talk about is when pk was on the train on his way to his new school and he said that this was his second train ride into manhood how has pk grown and changed during both of his trips to school
1: he's had like a bunch of different influencers come into his life during that experience he's grown wiser like he's learned how to play the piano he's grown in his intelligence he's the top of his class He finally kind of, like, understands
0: how things work in his life. I feel like he kind of, like, started out with, like, his, like, female influences at his old school, like his teacher and his nanny. And then when he came back home, he got more of his male influences, like Doc and Hoppy and Gil Piet. And now he's taking that other step into manhood where he's going to be by himself now.
4: I think every train ride he's gotten stronger as a person, like as a whole. And like he's, just, he's taken his influences from all, all of the people in his life and brought them along with him to each train ride and like to each new chapter in his life.
2: Each train ride has like brought him to this new destination. And I think that those train rides like signify that something big is going to happen next. And so, although like I feel like the people played a huge role in his life, I think what he's been through most impacted like his manhood and developed him into the man that
3: he is yeah because so I feel like if he would have just stayed like in his little hometown he wouldn't at all be the same person as he is now he's like been in new places and met new people
1: mm-hmm. yeah it was probably a good experience for him to go to like the private school because otherwise he wasn't getting like the education and he's influenced like the boxing program there and made some friends hmm
4: Yeah and like everything's happened for a reason like all like the pain he's gone through has led him to this train ride to Johannesburg and like to the new school so like everything was worth it in the end. Yes so then kind of relating to that do you think that going to the
3: Christian boarding school will negatively affect PK's boxing? Well I wrote these like as I was going so we know the answer but like as going along did you think that that school is going to have
2: an impact on his boxing? I didn't think so because he's just so set on his boxing career and like he knows what he wants with that and he's not going to let that go despite having this other experience to go to school at such a high level. And so, I don't know, I think he's has his priorities straight on what he wants to do.
0: I think, yeah, he has those priorities, but I was like scared that they weren't going to have like the resources for him or they weren't going to let him box even though he wants to. So, yeah.
1: I think it was going to be a positive impact because he was, like, so talented and he was, like, kind of a natural winner from the start. So, like, bringing that positivity to the team and, like, the winning experience will definitely improve the team there even though it was, like, completely nothing in the past.
3: Yeah, I knew that he was going to, like, eventually continue to box and stuff. I was just worried because the team at the school, like, lost everything. Like, they were so bad. And so I was just worried that, like, there wasn't going to be a good coach or anything. But we know that he obviously, like, found Solly, who's a really good coach and, like, coaches the champion. So now he's doing really well. But he had to, like, go out of his way to seek that training because he knows that's what he wants to do.
4: Yeah, I was scared for him that he wasn't going to have any, like, friends boxing that were his age and, like, everyone was going to, like, make fun of him for being different.
0: Yeah, so as Diction Detective, I had a line about um, how PK is winning at life in general. He says, winning is a state of mind that embraces everything you do, so I found I won in other things as well. And that's like besides boxing, because he's embraced by his schoolwork and his friendships too, and so he's kind of just winning at life. I mean, (laughs) he has a great life, and and, yeah...
3: I think that when he started to like do really well at boxing, I mean he hasn't lost yet at this point, uh-uh. and so I feel like that just like mindset has he's put it into everything that he does. he's doing extremely well at school now, but he's still like really humble and kind to everyone.
2: Mm-hmm. I was the br- bridge builder and I had the exact same code as Wyatt, and this is on page three fifty seven i 'll say it again. I was seldom concerned with winning a particular fight instead I was cultivating the habit of winning winning is in a s- Oh, my God. Winning is a state of mind that embraces everything you do. So I found I won in other things as well. And I related this to myself because, because as an athlete who, thinks, who thrives like in that winning feeling, um, like PK, I've learned not to be so caught up in winning one match at a time, but to create like, this winning habit in all that I do in my life. And I think that through like athletics and sports, it has trained me to win in all other areas of my life.
3: I think that, like, everyone can relate to that, even if it's not just, like, in sports, but, like, training yourself to do your best at everything that you do Mm -hmm. and wanting to just succeed overall not getting
4: caught up on the small losses. And, like, with a negative mindset, you're not going to go anywhere, and I think um, PK's, like, learned that over the course of his life, that, like, if he's going to be negative, negative things are going to happen.
1: I kind of have, like, a different point to add. It's kind of about the top part of my art. Do you think, like, the way he's earning money is, like, respectable? Or do you think that's, like, what he has to do? Because I have, like, a drawing of the school which leads to boxing and leads to, like, piles of cash. Like, do you think gambling was, like, the right way to do it? Or should he have found, like, a different job somehow?
3: I think, well, I think that, like, how they were betting on a lot of the games, like, in the tricky way that they were doing it probably wasn't the best. But, I mean, now at this point, they have, like, the whole entire bank established. And, like, it's a genuine business at this point, basically. So, I feel like it's okay. Because, like, the people betting know what they're doing. Like, it's not like they're making people do it. They're just, like, organizing it, you know? Yeah. So, I feel like it's
0: fine. And, like, he doesn't have any pocket money like his mom. No, they put it
3: all in the bank. He only takes out, like, two pounds a week. Yeah, but, like, what
0: before they start the business, he, like, doesn't have any pocket money. His mom doesn't give him anything. And so I think he, and since he was going to school, he couldn't like get a job. And so I think he did what he had to do and betting on his boxing, I mean, that's what he's good at. And so I
2: think- I, I agree with that. He needed to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. If he couldn't have a job, if he couldn't make money any other way, I think that was the best I mean, best basically option. it's his
3: job. Like he wants to be a professional right. athlete. Like professional athletes now make a lot of money off Very what true, they do, yeah. so.
1: Yeah. And he like started from the bottom, like with nothing and, now, he kind of used his brains and, like, his friend to help him, like, bet and be, like, smart about their opponents and how much to bet. Like, I feel like it's kind of a respectable way to do it instead of just complete gambling. And he also gives
3: um, a lot of the money to Doc yeah. to help him each week oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. for what Doc needs. And Dumb and D.
0: And yeah. So, one thing I was surprised, I didn't really understand, like their ages at this point. I yeah, didn't know that Doc, was, Doc this was this old. And I
3: envisioned him it's, as like a dad age. That's yeah. what
0: I thought too, but he's <laughs> 87 80. when yeah. he comes back and they yeah. go into the Crystal Cave. And he's so. still
2: like thriving. Like he goes on hikes. He goes on, on hikes. hikes. Yeah, he's active. And
0: keep in mind, he's 6'7". And for a person that tall, and I mean, that, yeah. Your living life, like you're bo- most people yeah. you're, have back issues or knee issues yeah, or bone yeah. issues. And so, I mean... He's doing pretty well. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, He's definitely gonna like, he already has impacted PK's life right now, but like showing him that he can do anything no matter what age is gonna lead PK on a very far journey. Yeah, so
3: back to kind of like the money thing. So Maury Levy is basically the person who teaches PK all about money and helps him with the bank and all of that. And at one point Maury says, first with the facts, then with the trust as their motto for their like gambling, they want to get all the facts first. And this kind of reflects Hoppy's quote of first with the head then with the heart. Do you guys see any similarities between Mori and Hoppy or and like do you consider Mori as a mentor even though he's PK's age or are they just like friends?
0: I go ahead. Okay. I think they um both want the best for PK because and they're trying to like build him up because Hoppy was telling him like how you're going to be the welterweight champion of the world and like trying to get him further, and that's what, um, is it, what's his name, Maury, is doing with PK as well, he's trying to up his game and up his career, basically, it's becoming a career where he's making money, and so I think that's, like, their similarity is that they both want the best for PK, and they're devoting their time to him.
2: I think Maury and Happy both have a logical way of thinking about things, and, like, they want to see the whole picture before making a decision and, like, taking all things into play before acting on it.
4: Yeah, I actually had a quote about this um, as Diction Detective from page 336 to 337, and it said, it crapped a lot of people off, but Maury had prepared himself for a life where slings and arrows were fairly fairly frequent, and he didn't seem to care whether he he was liked or not. And I, th- I think that that was a quote that p pk like that showed that he like admired maury and that like he just had like a carefree outlook and like he didn't worry about what everyone thought about him unlike pk like trying to camouflage himself so i think maury is like a men uh, like a slight mentor for pk throughout the story
1: i would agree with that too because like they when pk was just starting like hoppy was becoming one of like he was his friend like his first friend but he was still like a mentor and creating like intellectual impact on him and this is similar to Maury because Maury came into his life like being his only friend at boarding school and like he started showing him like how to keep track of money and how to deal with everything like he was giving him like a lesson on jobs and like how he can survive at the school without anything I
3: agree I think that Maury was a friend and a mentor Because he was a friend, just, I mean, they were just normal friends, you know? Yeah. And someone his age, who was actually his friend, that's the first time that he's really, like, had a peer that he was close with. And he was also a good influence, because Maury was intelligent. He was the first person on, like, the list and And all that stuff.
0: That's what I was going to get to, is when I was reading, I was surprised that you have all these, obviously, wealthy children at this school, and, I mean back then I feel like a lot of these kids are not the nicest to the poor kids and I was kind of surprised that um Morey made friends with him because he
3: was extremely rich he's a rich yeah. yeah and
0: so and then I was kind of looking and I was like well he's singled out as well for being yeah. Jewish and so I think they found a relation in one each other that he's poor he's Jewish and they so complement each other in a ways. they yeah. both yeah yeah. This time,
3: like, P.K. made friends... Like, P.K. wasn't the different one. It was Maury this time, so he made friends with a different person. Yeah. But I also think that Maury being rich is what makes him a mentor to P.K. Because he teaches him
4: yeah. all about money. Mm-hmm. Like, P.K. didn't know anything about money. Because, yeah. like, his parents couldn't teach him about money yeah. or anything because they didn't know either, so...
1: It's just nice that P.K. doesn't even care about, like, his religion, his race. Like, Mm-mm. you could tell that he cared about the African Americans that would come watch him in the shows. Like, he would plan on the specific time so that they can come watch before their curfew. It's just, he doesn't care about what other people look like or their religion, like he, he's there for, like there to help other people and he wants to learn from everybody no matter what.
4: Yeah, and like PK's been in their shoes, like he knows what it feels like to be like on the outskirts and like not wanted, so like he knows exactly what like the Africans and like everything are going through. Yeah.
3: yeah. Okay, so. Sinjin Byrne, the, like, principal, Mm -hmm. says that people who have to work hard through failure are usually more successful than just naturally talented people that win without determination. Do you think that PK is just naturally gifted at boxing? And if yes or no, like, is that a bad
2: thing? Has it hurt him? Or, like, how do you think he's gotten here? I think he has both sides of it. Like, Mm -hmm. he's very talented at boxing, but he also works very, very hard to be the best that he can. And, like, I feel like his mental approach toward boxing also like puts him above all other boxers because he's so determined to be the best Mm -hmm. of everybody. What was
0: oh go ahead. Oh
2: like um
1: I would say that he did put a lot of work into it, but he did come in with like natural effort, even though he was kind of a smaller dude. Like the other influence in his life like showed him that he can be brave and like he already had the natural talent to do that, but he learned a lot from, like, Gil, Piet, and the other boxers in his life. Like, Solly has been such an influence on him now that he's growing as a boxer no matter, like, how he started off.
4: Yeah, and, like, he put the work in. Like, he spent two years just in the prison, like, punching the bag and, like, not even being able to, like, go into the ring. So, like, he literally, like, was that, like, the lowest he could be in his career and, like, just because he's like excelled greatly doesn't mean that he doesn't deserve it.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that he did have like a natural gift just to be able to think in that way. Like a lot of his opponents like, they, he like thinks so much and analyzes his opponent at the same mm-hmm. time as that he's boxing. And so I think he was like born with the ability to do that, but he had to work really hard to like figure it all out and do it right and build up the physical strength. And he also just wasn't given it right away. Like no. He had to like go to the prison, seek out places to do it and like fight for himself.
0: Can you read that quote again? Yes,
3: it's he said that people who have to work hard through failure are often more successful than naturally talented people who win without determination.
0: So I think when I first heard that, I think that appeals like so much to humans in general. We like to see these stories of like People who haven't grown up with mm-hmm. it all, people have fought, and I think that's what gets a lot of people in this book and I think that's why it's such a well known book yeah. is because we're seeing this story of someone who didn't grow up with everything and didn't was honestly innocent and that we like to see that he's finding himself through his mentors and through his life's journey and I think that's why we, we like can this book all
1: like relate to it even though we're in like a different century where we all have technology now and all the common gifts but we all go through times of struggle but we work our way through it and we stay determined to in order to like win our prize yeah we talked about that in one of our other
3: podcasts about how it's relatable
1: yeah
2: um, no, I have a connection here from the bridge as a bridge builder and kind of talking about PK growing up um I have a little section of the book I'll read. Um, as I realized that my newly maturing body was also, oh, no, that's wrong. I realized that my newly maturing body was also affecting the way I thought. He never questioned the motives of adults around, wait, I'm reading this clue. <laughs> <laughs> he had never question. I had never questioned the motives of the adults around me, nor have I felt any reason to question the conventional wisdom they assumed was correct for me. Now, doubt tugged at my relationships with grown-ups like a minnow darting at a baited hook. So I related this to the world, And I think that, especially in the world today, it's really hard to trust other people. And it's so easy for other people to take over our own lives if we let them. But I think that PK reminds us to use the power of one to remain separate and not be, like, obedient to other people and let them control what we're doing. And, like, I don't know, I think it's very true that as we grow up, like, we we lose that innocence piece in Mm -hmm. our lives. And, like, we start to doubt people and, like, we see more bad. But I think we just have to yeah that's a good
3: one because i mean like nowadays like the only like the information that we get is all just from other people like the news people telling us stuff like government representatives telling us stuff like we just have to believe what they say and so i think that pk is learning that like you can't believe everyone and that you have to like form your own opinions and he is developing and forming his own opinions and like standing up for himself
1: I think it's just crazy that we just like a little bit ago we were we saw him at like age six like struggling enough, but he was still he had a large amount of wisdom for his age like mm-hmm. he was doing other people's homework he was learning how to um kind of like deflect the bullies like grow up and and just become a better man like we saw him grow up throughout this time and he started from the bottom with. Like no wisdom, didn't didn't know how to do anything. Like he was wetting his bed and everything. It was just crazy how much he grew up.
4: Um, I had a quote. I had a quote that kind of relates to what Abby and Ali said. It was on page three forty-eight, and it said, "I had long since built walls up around my ego that only the most persistent person would ever manage to climb." And he said that. He said that like in this in these chapters, like when he was like grown up. And I think that's why he didn't really, like, talk talk to people or anything because he was, like, too scared of what people were gonna, like, say about him. So, like, that shows that, like, the people in his life were, like, very persistent in, like, in trying to open him up to new ideas and stuff.
3: Yeah, okay, so moving on to kind of the big part of these sections is the boxing match between him and his nanny's son. Which Ooh, I thought I was... I was really
0: thrown was off. I was so
3: weird. I was like, yeah. whoa. Because that was like... I mean, because Nanny was like nannying PK, he took away like this other... I forgot his name. It starts with like a G. I, I, I forgot how you say um, it.
0: Gideon Mandoma.
3: Yeah, that. He took away his mom, basically. And so, I mean, it gave him like so much motivation to beat PK. And so, I mean, that was probably nerve-wracking for PK. But that kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, something about the fight... Um, I wanted to quote um, Prediction Detective off 427. It says, This was not a fight between black and white. It was testing of the spirit, the spirit of Africa itself. Mm -hmm. And I think this is kind of... It shows us that race is not like the main purpose of this. Well, it's a purpose of this book to show that we all... Interact with each other as different races, and I think that 's what what it 's showing here is that it 's not just a fight between black and white they 're like it 's each other 's spirits and they 're fighting for i mean they 're technically they call themselves brothers mm-hmm. um, and I think once PK realized that he didn 't want to like hurt this guy really I mean obviously he wasn't going to lose the match But I think it was The spirit of these two Boys who like Grew up with the same Well
1: motherly figure. motherly
0: figure But more so PK with His and I think they were both fighting For the spirit of Nanny herself
2: yeah. I feel, I definitely like feel like if This was in real life that oh, I mean like, isn't it based some of it's yeah, true, but I, don't I don't know, know which parts it, are true. That would have been that one not the truth. But like, I feel like if it was a real event, like nanny would just been like watching over them and like yeah. mm-hmm. totally would have been there
1: with them. It's just like once again, he doesn't care about race. Like he was willing to fight him no matter what. Most people back then just like completely divided it up. They only wanted to fight like other white people or other African people.
3: Mm-hmm. And so after the fight, Pikit, it was his first time fighting a six round fight because the other guy was technically a professional, so they had to, like, compromise. And so it was. he said it was his hardest fight, and he took the most hits. And so, I mean, he was genuinely, like, hurting after this fight. Mm-hmm. And when he was, like, in the showers getting cleaned up after, he started crying and saying, like, I don't want to hurt like this. I don't want to, like, have to go my whole career, like, feeling like this after every single day that I fight. Mm-hmm. And so do you guys think that is actually going to, like, want to continue on and become a professional? Or do you think he might just... Like, take what he has now and retire before he's the welterweight champion.
0: I think he's, like, hit that moment because... And I think this is something that happens with everybody in life. His midlife crisis, even though it's not midlife. He's, like, worked up to something and now he's, like, seeing that Doc is gonna die soon. And this fight was obviously so emotional because it was Nanny's son. Mm -hmm. And I think... He's having that finally, where he's like looking back and seeing like what all he's done, and he's saying now that it's he's actually been hurt. Like, is this all worth it? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I agree with
2: that. Like, I feel like he's at that point of his life where he either chooses to like continue on that path or like completely change his course of direction. And I think I don't know. One, I have another connection. Um, mostly in this like section that we read, I felt like the reference of the power of one appeared a lot. Oh yeah, the, for so sure. So I have a few of the quotes. Um, on page 360, the power of one was based on the courage to remain separate, to think through the truth, and not to be beguiled by convention or the plausible arguments of those who expect to maintain power. And then again on 423, the power of one is above all things the power to believe in yourself, often well beyond any latent ability you may have previously demonstrated. So I connected this to a text-to-text, and I found this article, called, also called The Power of One, and I just want to read an excerpt from it and then kind of relate it to Piquet. So when I read this, like I immediately thought that this perfectly described Pique. So Sometimes we feel the world is so large and complex that it's impossible for any one of us to make a difference. When something comes up that requires action, we think, I'm only one person, what can I do anyway? The result is that we sit back and wait for others to make the first move. That is, if anyone else is willing to make the effort. But what if we tried? What if we shut our fears and inhibitions, and others did as well? What if we challenged ourselves to stand up and be counted, and we each made a difference in our own special way? Or better yet, what if enough people stepped forward or accepted the challenge as well? The truth is, we might be able to change the world. As Steve Jobs says the world, the people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. So I feel like PK, like, that's totally him. Like, he's all one, this little kid surrounded with no one else to really support him in the beginning. But despite all of the setbacks in his life, like, he believed, he acted, he led, and he transformed his life to just make the most of what he was given.
1: That's why I think he, like, can't stop now. I think he should continue on to complete, like, his main goal. He just wants to be, he wants to be like exactly like Hoppy and become like the welterweight champion, like he needs to continue to finish his goal without giving up even though he's experiencing like hard times right now with Doc and everything and all like the pain coming back to him.
3: I think well with Ali's thing about like one little person making a difference in the world, I think that PK honestly has made a huge difference in so many people's lives Mm -hmm. because when he went to like that African town all the women and children were, like, lining the streets, and he had no clue. He had such a big impact mm-hmm. on all these people. Not even his boxing. It was, like, the whole tadpole angel thing. Yeah. yeah. And, like, all these people were kind of, like, worshiping him in a way. Oh, well, yeah. And, like, them... Sorry, yeah. I'm just gonna Like, all of them and then all the prisoners, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he changed all of their lives. Yeah. And he didn't even, like, know it at the time. Right. And so... I feel like he doesn't need to continue to box to like leave his legacy but i feel like he probably will because i mean his whole life that's been his goal and there's like a quote that i always like think of is like the moment that you want to quit is the moment that something amazing is about to happen Mm -hmm. and so i feel like if he keeps going like i feel like he can't let himself quit at this point
4: i think he's just like so burned out and like like and like just emotionally drained that like Mm -hmm. I think he'll stop boxing, but he I might th- just need a break. I think yeah. I think he'll become like a mentor for other kids yeah. that like want to box instead of just like instead of boxing himself, just like hobby. Like I think he'll, I think that's what he's gonna start doing is just becoming a mentor for other kids mm-hmm. that.
1: If you think about it, like this whole time he's been mentored by everybody else, but he's been making the, like he's been making an impact on them as well. So he's probably been their mentors all along. Mm-hmm.
4: And I had I had a quote from page, three ninety six, and it said it had been a full moon when Grandpa Chuck had died. And then later it said, it had also been a full moon when Gil Piet had died. And I took that more like symbolically. And I said, I'm, I like related it, like he, his heart was like so full and he felt so happy when like Grandpa Chuck and like Gil Piet were like in his life. And then like, it also said like that night it was a um, full moon when like the doc went missing so i i like related that like he his heart was so full and like he didn't he there's no worry in his life when his mentors like were in his life
3: yeah so i think the last thing that we have to talk about real quick is doc and him disappearing so what do you guys think happened like is he dead like what is going on
1: i personally believe that he's dead because And he's gone to the
2: cave
0: to die for one last time. I think he chose his final resting place. He
2: like, yeah, he chose his death. Like he said, he took the sleeping pills from the hospital. And I bet that he used those. And then he just like did that and... Yeah, that's kind of... I that's my like, I think that he
3: went to the cave and is now dead, which is going to be really hard for PK, but, like, it's time. He's 87. Yeah. Like, I mean, he had a... He lived a good life, and he made a difference, so... And I feel
2: like he could have gone on, but he would have just spent. It would have been different.
3: People. It wouldn't have been himself. Like, yeah.
0: yeah. I just find it so different in my mind, like, picturing that he's 6'7". Like, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I don't I know. Mean, that just, like, seems like an impact. Like, he's this really tall, like, frail old man. My I My grandpa
3: know. is... Um, like, seven feet tall, my great-grandpa's seven feet tall, and it's, like, I, like, relate him to that, like, that's what I see in my mind, so. I
1: just think he chose, like, the perfect resting place, like, since that's where he took PK once, and, like, it was beautiful on the inside, full of crystals and everything. Yeah,
4: Yeah, and Doc was, like, just leave the supplies back, but, and, like, Doc was always, like, okay, let's, like, he always has, like, he's crossed and his eyes daughter like he always like brought stuff with him and like didn't forget a single thing but he was like just leave it like I think he knew he knew he was coming back there all right so I think that wraps up
3: this podcast and next time will be our last one for the rest of the book Uh yay Bye. Bye. bye